back. Hey, Brett, how's it going this week? Good, Ange. How are you? Good. Well, that means it's another episode of Money in the Bank, the personal finance podcast where we talk about all things related to personal finance, and then we lose all of our listeners with a single episode. (laughs) Fair disclaimer, we said it was going to be weird. So that's what happened last Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, And now we're back for another Weird Wednesday. Weird one, part two. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to keep calling it that, (laughs) but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so are you ready for your trivia question? Or do you have one for me? Is it weird? Uh, no. Okay. Well then, (laughs) how much does the average American spend on paper towel a year? Paper towels? Uh, I don't know, we buy it like once a year, and it's like 40 bucks. Uh, So people buying it one-off, probably 80 bucks? $120 a year on paper towel. All right. Yeah. Somebody's cleaning up their messes, I guess. With only paper towel and not actual towels that you could just wash and reuse. So to continue kind of last week's episode, which was kind of out there, but we're going to kind of do the same thing where we are really going to challenge your thinking. But this time, instead of focusing on toiletries, I guess, we're going to focus on other aspects of our life where we kind of don't do the norm, I guess, and we spend less money. So in a similar camp as paper towel, one thing that we almost never ever use is paper plates or paper cups or that sort of thing. Right. So, I mean, the only time in our world that we would use that is we had, I mean, we we used to have our, you know, charity holiday parties uh, around Christmas time every year. And when you have like a hundred and something people coming into your house, then yeah, it's hard to do dishes for that. So that that's the one case where we were like, yep, it totally makes sense to use paper plates. But other than that, even though we even had them in the closet, you know, from that party, because we bought it uh, obviously in a huge bulk amount and we used them the next year also, um, we still never on a, on a day-to-day basis, whether we were having a group of people over or it's just us or anything like that, we still never use paper plates. Yeah, so... You know, when we had 100 people over, I feel like the biggest reason we used paper plates at that point was not necessarily because, like, dishes are the devil, but because we didn't physically have enough plates to go around. So, like... By tenfold. Or by a lot, (laughs) right? So, we... That's a good instance of, like, you need a lot of plates for, like, a couple days a year. So, you're not going to buy 100 plates or, you know, a plate set that has that many because you don't need it most of the time. So in that case, paper plates made a lot of sense. But if we had like people over for dinner, even like up to, I think what, how many plates do we really have? Maybe like we could have 10 people over for dinner, including ourselves. So eight other people over for dinner. I think we have a set of eight and then what used to be a set of four until one of them just shattered sitting on the counter one day by itself. Uh, That was weird. Um, so there's three of those. Yeah. <laughs> so about about a dozen somewhere in there. Plus yeah. Some, you know, plus extra bowls and stuff too. But right. So up until that point, we will just use regular plates and wash them. Oh, crazy! So not even with the dishwasher either. That's that's a whole other category of things to do. Yeah, Brett likes to do dishes. I do. I feel like it's a little bit faster for me. And if you clean them as soon as you're like done eating, then food just comes right off. It's like yeah. no problem. So. You know what it really it is, is even if you use the dishwasher, you like to rinse everything off first. 
So you're like, well, at that point, I might as well just finish cleaning this. No, I mean, that's how my parents were and every, you know, I mean, the dishwasher we used to have, if you left food on it, like the food would still be on it <laughs> some de- to some degree when you pulled it out of the dishwasher. So it'd be right. a total waste anyway. So that's, I mean, that's just the model I grew up in. Yeah, no, I, same model I grew up in, actually. We used to, when I was a kid, my dad would have big cookouts every Sunday, actually. And we'd have up to, like, 30-ish people coming to our house on Sunday. And we still didn't really use paper plates. We would just, my dad had a lot of Corel. That was, like, Corel the big plates. thing of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we would just use plates, and then I would you know, whip them up real quick when we were done. And we didn't have a working dishwasher for my childhood because my dad said, well, I had three dishwashers and he would like point to me and my two sisters. So, (laughs) um, we, we washed our own dishes and it was just, and so I think when, when I grew up that way, it just became the norm. So for me, I never think like, oh, I should, I don't feel like doing dishes tonight. I'm going to use a paper plate. Like that's just so far out of my realm of what I do that I never even think about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're more likely to just leave the dish in the sink unwashed, right? I do not do that. <laughs> just very your, often. yeah, that's true. Not the sink, just your lunchbox. Just my lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. So I would say dishes are one thing that we pretty much a hundred percent of the time, unless it's a very odd circumstance, we use normal plates and we just wash them after dinner. And another area that I think we do this in is really any drink. So water, um, we don't buy like bottled water hardly ever. We just use a reusable water bottle. Right. And there was even a time like two years ago when we were, we were in a situation where we needed to buy water from the store regularly, but Mm -hmm. we would just buy like three gallon, we would get like a three gallon jug from the thing at the store, fill it up at the store, and then just take that with us. And then just like drink out of that every day. Right. Because right. we, we just had like a jar on the counter with like a tap on it. Right. And we would just fill that, fill up glasses of water straight from that tap. Um, and we would just, right, it would last us like a week or something at a time. And then we would go get more. But uh, yeah, I, normally I, everybody that I know would just go get like packs and packs and packs of bottled water in that scenario. Yeah, and when we were doing the refillable jugs, it was super convenient because we only had to buy the jug like one time. Yeah. And then we could just, you know, refill from there. So that was a super convenient way to do it. And then we could put it in our, you know, better, I guess, dispenser on the counter. And yeah, we didn't have to buy like flats of water bottles or anything. Mm -hmm. So that was super convenient. But now we have like a water filter and we just drink out of that all the time. Right. We never buy um, water or pop or soda or anything like that, really. Yeah. I mean, for a multitude of reasons, I don't think I've drank any soda or, or pop in, I don't know, 20 years, probably, since I was a kid or in high school to some degree. Maybe once in a while here and there. I mean, by like once in a while, like once every three months or four months. Um, but other than that, I just don't even want it anymore. Yeah. Like, it's it's not even a treat for me anymore. Well, so. and outside of, um, you know, pop or anything like that, I drink coffee here and there. You Ew. don't like coffee. Smells great. <laughs> tastes like trash. Sorry. Um, Sorry, Europeans. Yours is great. Americans, uh, I've still yet to find any good coffee. So. But I drink coffee, and I usually make my own. Um, and I don't really drink it like... I wouldn't say I'm like a coffee drinker, because I don't drink it every day. 
or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, dr- I drink it a couple times a week when I have the urge and I make it myself. Um, but another thing that we both drink is kombucha. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, thanks for getting me on that. That was a tough, tough road to go down in the first couple sips. <laughs> If for those of you who have not had kombucha before, it tastes uh, starkly of like vinegar. Uh, would be the closest thing I would associate to it if you've not ever had, tasted it before. Yes, if you've never had kombucha, it's basically just a fermented tea. Yeah, it is. It is ninety nine percent tea. You make tea on the stove. Yeah, and then, and then you, you just ferment, ferment it. it. So yeah. think about like cabbage versus sauerkraut, and that would be tea versus kombucha. Yeah. Um, but I make that at home. And I make it in like a gallon glass jar. And then we just like pour it into cups from there. But if you were to, I always liken it to, we could buy kombucha in the store because it's something we like to drink. And it's like really expensive. It's super expensive for just like, you know, what what would be like a little bottle of pop or whatever for the, for the kombucha. It's like... Somewhere between, if it's on sale, it's like $5. If it's not on sale, it's like $8 or something. For well, for a bottle. big container. For like a 16 ounce, you're going to be between like 3 and 4 bucks. Yeah, still for a drink, yeah. It's a lot for <laughs> a drink, right? <laughs> Versus I make it at home for some sugar and some tea leaves, which are like maybe a dollar for a whole batch and it makes a gallon. Right, and you just let it sit on the counter for like two weeks. And yeah. That's <laughs> like good... Yes. Well, yeah. So it was vinegary to start with. After you get used to it, it is actually good. So I'll just I'll say that. And I and then I can flavor it from there, right? Yeah. So sometimes we or, add berries or yeah. ginger, and it's still far less expensive than it is at the grocery store. Right. Yeah. So you can make it as like sweet as you want it, or fruity as you want it, or whatever. But the baseline is pretty vinegary. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, I, true. I still like it straight uh, more than more than adding things to it. But, like, most fermented things, like, even yogurt is actually something that's, um, you know, full of good probiotics. That if you have, like, real yogurt, not, like, fruit-on-the-bottom yogurt, it's, like, it has that tang to it. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like that, yeah. If if all you taste is sugar when you eat yogurt, then... It's not re- you know it's not really yogurt. It's like right. 10% yogurt. But that's how I feel about kombucha now. Like yeah. if all I drink or all I taste when I drink it is like sweet kombucha, yeah. then like something's wrong because it should be vinegary. Right. Yeah, it's supposed to be. So. And, and not that like chalky yo- Greek yogurt either. Like if it tastes like chalk, like I don't know, oikos, I think when Greek yogurt started getting popular, I had that and I was like this just tastes like nothing. Right? Well, you're just gross. not a Greek yogurt but, fan. But still, like it should, even Greek yogurt should be a little bit like funky in some yeah. way. It should be a little mm-hmm. bit tangy. And like most store-bought stuff that you find is like, it's like, it's like not real yogurt. We always end up buying like whole milk, plain yogurt. And it's a shock when you go from like fruit on the bottom to whole milk, plain yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're kind of used to it. So when we have something else, we're like, why does this taste so sweet? So you get there. Uh, on the same kind of token, talking about things you buy at the store, another big thing that we do is we really like to buy food in bulk. And we've talked about that before, right? So we use, uh, we've got oats in bulk and nuts in bulk and seeds in bulk and um meat and like oh we got a pig in bulk right yeah um, right you know a lot of people get like half of like a, a cow and stuff like that too that, that's pretty common um what other things do we get i mean we 
get cucumbers in bulk and tomatoes in bulk, and then we make like we just like you know cook them and put them in jars. Well, well and the, the tomatoes anyway, the pickles I just chop up and put them in jars. And peaches and strawberries and blueberries mm-hmm. we get in bulk at the peak of the season, and then we either can them or freeze them. Yeah. And super cost-effective to do it that way. Like, my gosh. Like, even the strawberries, like, now down here in Florida are, like, everywhere. Like, you can buy them by the pallet. And they're still, like, not that, like, for a little crater or, like, container, like, you know, the regular regular small containers, it's, like, four bucks still. I'm like, we picked, like, a whole bush for, like, four bucks. Right. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. And I think beyond that, like, you know, especially nuts, that's something that... We like nuts. We eat a lot of nuts. Um, we make nut milk and all of that sort of thing. But nuts can be really expensive. So we don't buy nuts kind of like at any old grocery store. We strategically make sure to buy those items along with our seeds and stuff like that at either a bulk you know, wholesaler or we go to a store that has bulk bins and we buy it that way. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the best strategies we kind of ever landed on was... One day we were at a local grocery store. This was back up when we were in Michigan. And we were buying like rice or something in bulk. And all of a sudden I just was like, well, let me look at where, you know, on the bin where they're getting their food from. And lo and behold, we like found the company that they were getting it from. And we found out that you could order directly from their website and just cut out the middleman, a.k.a. the grocery store. And we've been basically buying things in bulk that way ever since. Right. And, I mean, this was a, this was like a chain store. It's not like it was a mom-and-pop grocery store where I feel bad for, like, not contributing to my community. I, like, don't feel bad about, like, taking down, you know, cutting out a corporation, right? Right, so, right. <laughs> they're, they're making a plenty of margin on that, so. Well, yeah, it was, like, half the price. Oh, yeah, it was it was completely significant. Like, it was just a joke from, like, we were like, well, we'll never go back there again. Forget that. Right. So. So, yeah, we order almost all of our food in bulk, or if we don't, we, um, and I think this is kind of another good habit, but if you're able to go to a grocery store and use, like, reusable bags, not just for checkout, but for, like, buying produce, so instead of grabbing those, like, plastic produce bags, you can bring your own bags. That's what we usually do. And then... Um, it's great because when you get home, you can just, like, chuck it right in the fridge in those same bags and not Yeah, to... I mean, it's, I don't know how common this is across the U.S., but by us, like, several stores had started charging for, like, not bringing your own bag, I guess, right? So it was going to be, like, 10 cents a bag or something to, like, get a paper bag or a plastic mm-hmm. bag from them to, like, as your normal checkout bags. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that model, right? You're paying for it one way or another, right? They're buying those supplies, and they're either baking it at the cost of their product or fees or whatever, or they're not doing that, and then you just pay extra at the end of the day. And I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have the 10 cents myself. Right, and especially when you think about produce, that can add up super-duper fast because, you know, when you go to the produce section, if you buy, like, a lemon and an apple and, you know, whatever else, those are, would all be in separate produce bags where if you bring your own and you save 10 cents a bag... You know, that ends up being a pretty good amount of money mm-hmm. at the end of the year, for sure. So yeah. that's definitely something we do. Peanut butter is another one. So, again, like, we buy peanuts in bulk, right, from that bulk food website. And we saw we were walking through the farmer's market last week or a couple of days ago. And the guy there, there was a guy there just, like, selling peanut butter. And I was just like, 
oh my god, this is the easiest thing to do in the whole world. Put peanuts in blender and turn it on for three minutes. And then you have like hot, liquidy, creamy peanut butter. You add a little bit of salt and people can also add sugar to it. I've never needed extra sugar in mine. I don't need it to taste just like Jif or whatever. <laughs> um, or Skippy. Um, but I've, right, uh, there's no effort. I pour it into a jar and then I have peanut butter for like a month. So uh, I, we should definitely start up that farmer's market trend because yeah. we, we can make it kill Zagerbacher peanut butter. Homemade gonna... peanut butter, yeah. Well, and I think beyond that, like, if you look into, like, almond butter, sunflower seed butter, all of those things, again, we buy sunflower seeds in bulk at a very low price, can make sunflower seed at any t- butter at any time very cheaply. And if you try to buy it at the grocery store, it's, like, ten ninety nine for a tiny jar of it. Mm-hmm. Like... We can make it at probably half the price or less, and it tastes just as good, if not better, because you can kind of doctor it up to your specific taste, Mm -hmm. and it's super easy. Um, And these are kind of the things, too, where, yeah, if you buy stuff in bulk, you can not only make that item, but you can make the byproducts of that item very easily. Right. And that's something everybody should look at. It's just like if you're buying something that's like a small little thing or it's a niche or super popular thing right now, like if avocado butter became a thing or whatever, right? And they were selling that for like $15 for like three tablespoons, then you should just buy avocados and just like cram it into a jar and say like, boom, I got my own avocado butter. And that was like $1.50. Right. Like, so just look at those things. And if it, if that thing that they're trying to sell you that's like super popular right now is really expensive, just back up the the supply chain a little bit and say like, what does this really cost? Like, what are the, what are the net materials for this? And if they're not very expensive, then it's totally worth it to make it yourself. Well, I feel like in general, kind of any prepackaged food is something we typically kind of shy away from because... Nine times out of ten, it's going to be more expensive. So another example I have from this is, like, vegetables. We just buy them as they are, and we cut them up ourselves if we need to. But if you want to buy, like, minced garlic or carrot sticks or celery sticks or pineapple cubes, right, all of that becomes more expensive. Right, because if you – prime example is you can buy the pre-sliced fruit trays or vegetable trays in a store. Like if you're going to go to a uh, like a barbecue or something and be like, I'll bring the fruit tray, right? They've got the little compartment for like pineapple and apples and grapes and right, whatever, kiwi. And if you would have just like bought like those four things, it would have taken you less than 10 minutes to cut everything up total. And you would have saved probably at least 75% of what you paid for it. Right. If not, if not, you know, half the price or, or third of the price. Like sometimes those things are like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And the fruit itself would have been like four bucks. <laughs> and you would have like so much more fruit. Yeah. You would have made a ton, right? Those little, you know, those little trays don't really come with a lot of Because fruit. those little trays, like when yeah. you get the pineapple out of it, you get like a fifth of a pineapple. Right. Or if you buy the whole pineapple and pineapple's delicious, like you could put some on your you know, fruit tray, and then you could pack it in your lunch all week. Right. And then, yeah, it's primarily like watermelon, which is like super inexpensive for the volume that it produces. Right. And another like fun example on like the veggie trays, there's like always the carrot sticks, which cracks me up because baby carrots are one of the cheapest food items that you could ever possibly buy. <laughs> like, so you don't even need to cut up whole carrots. You can just buy baby carrots. Yeah. And then you're done. Easy. So. 
Yeah. And I mean, even outside of that, like, you know, all of the, there's so many things that, you know, like chicken noodle soup, like a can of chicken noodle soup, right? There's all of these things that are convenient. And I understand like sometimes you are at that point in life where you just need something easy and convenient to just heat up on the stove for dinner. Right. But if you're another fun, good tip that we do a lot is like, if you're making chicken noodle soup one time, then just make double because it takes like not that much more effort to double a batch of recipe and then you can just like toss half of that chicken noodle soup in the freezer so that someday when you need that quick easy heat up dinner you can just pull it out of the freezer right soups tend to freeze very well and thaw very well obviously because they're ready to go heat it up and boom you're good to go um and make you can make a ton of it right yeah and why not because a lot of time, too, you're like, oh, well, it only calls for, like, some of the celery or some of the carrots, right? And just throw everything in there. Like, make just make more volume of it. Use all the chicken stock or vegetable stock or whatever it calls for. If it's chili, make double, you know, use all the beans. Use all the tomatoes or whatever. Add double meat if you want to do that way. And, right, just make more volume. Right, because that's actually kind of like those meal prep services like Blue Apron or HelloFresh, that's their whole market is like, oh, we're going to let you make chicken noodle soup tonight and we're going to send you the exact right amount of like celery that you need to make enough for like two people. And people buy into that because they're like, great, like I don't want all this extra food. Well, instead of that, you could just make the extra food and toss it in your freezer. And again, we've talked about this before, but unless you're one of those people that will not eat leftovers, and then I just don't understand you as a human being. Right. Leftovers are like one of my favorite things. I'm like, oh man, I have food tomorrow and I don't have to do anything to make it at this point except heat it up. I'm so happy. Future, set my future Brett up for so much success. Well, and like, especially with soup, I'm like, oh, it's going to be even more delicious tomorrow because all of the flavors kind of like meld together overnight. Even more, yeah, especially with chili, yeah, especially yeah, with chicken noodle soup and stuff. Any any type of like Asian dish that uses like four or five different like sauces right. um, that we make, yeah, those always get better with time. So, yeah, I don't know. That's That's... I love leftovers. I can't. I can't even fathom. <laughs> you can't even wrap your <laughs> mind around somebody not liking them. Right. Okay. So we kind of talked about, you know, we use reusable bags when we go to the grocery store. We don't buy processed food. We um, don't use paper plates or, you know, plastic bottles hardly ever. Are there any kind of other quirks that you can think of that we do that now to us seem you know, super duper normal. Of course, this is the way it is, but maybe to other people, it's not something they have really thought of much yet. Um, yeah, before I transition to that, though, there's two more things I was thinking about while you were talking. Uh, things that we make that are more expensive in the store. One is granola, oh, which yep. is super cheap to make. It's oats and, like, like cinnamon and, like, maple syrup and, like, a bunch of things that are, like, not that expensive. And you just bake it for, like, what, 20 minutes? Right. And then it comes out and, like, super delicious, like, super easy. And in the store, it's, like, way more expensive than it should be. It should not be, like, five times the price of, like, what a container of oats would be. Um, the other one is, like, trail mix, right? So if you buy, like, pre-made, like, trail mixes or, like, 
you know, nuts that are all combined together or like different, different like packaged foods. There's a whole section of this stuff right over by, you know, the other side of the produce aisle where like the nuts and stuff are. Um, that stuff, if you would just like get the ingredients yourself and then just like make individual servings of that, like little, get little bags and just like put the ingredients in those bags and make your own trail mix, you could just for buying like one of those pre-made things, you could make like 10 of them yourself probably, right? For one little container. So, and then, you know, take them with you wherever you want. Right. Um, so some of the other things that we do, so we spend a lot of time now, and this is not how I used to do things originally, but at the library or getting things from the library. And there's a lot of things you can get from the library via digital, you know, digitally just downloading stuff. You just log onto the website as long as you have a library card and just like download movies and like TV shows and documentaries or audiobooks or other books. There's a ton of like free services that people are actively paying for to watch some of the same content available from the library for nothing, right? So check that out. That's in addition to like all of the, you can get a bunch of movies. You can get, I think you can still get video games at a lot of libraries. Um, you can get obviously books, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not many, you know, the people that do read, whatever, but um Versus just buying a book on Amazon or buying an ebook on Amazon or whatever, or buying an audiobook, uh, audiobook on Audible, right? Just check the free sources first to just see if the thing that you want is there. Well, and it's huge because, so, you know, I have a goal this year of reading 50 books and I'm on track to hit or exceed that goal. But that's important because, you know, I know last year maybe, maybe it was even a little bit lighter on books, but let's say you have a goal of reading a book a month. You know, we'll go with that. So 12 books a year. A book right in today's world, a cheap book will be $10, where like bestsellers are going to be $20, $25. So all of a sudden you go from having to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars a year on books, even if you're only reading a book a month, which is a pretty, you know, modest goal for a lot of readers out there, to spending nothing. Like, that's huge. And I haven't bought a book in years because I've always just gone to my local library. No matter where we, we have lived, there has always been a good local library where I can get any book that I could possibly want. And most of them do delivery now, which I thought was unheard of. But they'll just, like, send the book straight to your house. Right. It's like Amazon. The only responsibility you have is to, like, drop it off in the drop box at the end of, you know, your checkout period, which... You know, for most cities, your library is, it's on the way to something. Mm -hmm. So you can drop your books off while you're going to the grocery store or whatever else you need to do. Yeah. So, hmm, what other areas do we do? Obviously, we talked about, we bought a pig. We bought a freezer to, like, house that whole pig. That That was was still That was still more cost effective than, like, if we were just buying the meat over, like, a two-year period of time. Because it's now, we've now had it for a year and a half and we ended up getting another half of a pig so total we've gotten a year like one and a half pigs in a year and a half time span and the freezer still to me looks like it's almost full right and so we've bought a pig and uh 15 chickens twice yes so that's what's filled up our freezer i would say another big thing is you know we yeah we buy our, all of our food in bulk and we buy we you know last episode on our stinky episode. We talked about our toiletry. And so because of that, like we don't have a lot of extra stuff that we buy. So like when people have Amazon 
packages coming to their house all the time. We just don't really have that. I mean, that that took a while to, like, wean off of that habit. It's so easy to just, like, browse Amazon and look for stuff you need or, like, just think about stuff that you want to have and just, like, get in, you know, just get in the habit of, like, okay, I can have this, like, immediately uh, or I might need this thing to do whatever and I'm just going to get it rather than just, like, taking five extra seconds and thinking of, like, a different solution to that problem, right, in the first place. Um, But that took, like, that took us, like, years to like back off of that habit and stop buying things that we got into a trend of like nope we're not going to buy it we're going to wait to buy this thing and then see if we still need to have it and then the answer kept being like nope we don't still need it and now again like we said i think a couple episodes ago now we've finally turned off amazon prime and haven't bought anything on it i think since then right but i think that's important because not just amazon prime even we don't go to stores just to browse to look for things to buy. Right, yeah. We're not like the, the you know, got to keep the malls in business type people either, right? But, like, we're not, when we say we're not buying it from Amazon, we're just not buying it. It's not right. like we're going to the grocery store here or the local shop here. Or, like, I think the last thing we actually bought off Amazon was nail trimmers for our dog's toenails, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's another thing we do ourselves that saves us a fortune for, like, going to the groomer. We have a brush and nail trimmers, and that costs a total of, like, $14, maybe. Um, probably not even that. And, like, what I don't know what the grooming fees even are, but every time we go past a dog salon, they're, like, a fortune, or even, like, Pet, Sh- Pet Smart. They're, like, right. pretty expensive to have your dog's toenails trimmed. Yeah, so we groom bucks, our dog ourselves. I groom you myself. <laughs> I cut Brett's hair. And then for my hair... I have switched to, instead of going to, like, a very fancy salon, I go to, like, an Aveda Institute where they have students there, and it costs me $12 to get my hair cut, which I usually do maybe, like, twice a year-ish. Um, so for my grooming, Brett's grooming, and Stormy's grooming, our dog, we're at about $24 for the year because outside of me, because Brett <laughs> refuses to cut my hair, um, we don't pay money for that sort of thing. Hey, they've only dyed your hair purple accidentally once. Like, I wouldn't, you know, got to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> that's true. I it's, mean, every time I not, cut your hair, it's like, that's no, not, no. That, that, is, that is not I did true. not actually get my hair no. dyed purple. Um, <laughs> but, no, they've, they've never really messed anything up terribly. And, um, yeah, I haven't messed Brett's hair I, up I, yet either. So yeah, I think that's, that's a great good. Deal. Angela just coincidentally is amazing at cutting hair just off the without zero training um, and complete fear the entire time of like chopping my ear off. So, <laughs> but yeah. she ends up to be successful like every time. Um, Less so about cutting our dog's toenails, but you know we try. I'm I'm really bad about that, so I just have made Angela do it for like five years. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, all those sorts of things that, like, I guess service items, we have kind of reduced in that aspect as well. Right. Cable, obviously, we don't pay for – we haven't paid for TV in, like, four years now, something like that. Right. Long enough time that it doesn't matter anymore. And no more streaming services. Yeah, we we turn streaming services off. Again, for now, I'm sure at some point I'll just turn Netflix on or just get another free account with another email address. I don't know. Uh, or borrow a friend's account and just, like, you know, binge watch, like, one or two shows that we've, you know, been watching for years or something. Um, I like all the Marvel shows on there, and I think a lot of them got canceled anyway, so there's, like, one or two seasons of those that I can catch up on. But other than that, uh, Lemony Schnicket's also great. You can watch that one. I think there was a new season of that since we canceled it, so. 
got a list going, but I'm not about to pay like every single month just to like continue watching all the new stuff coming out because there's just it'll never end, right? right? You look ahead and it's just like forever. There's a lot of stuff that I would enjoy watching, but I like at some point I need to get off the couch, so I just decided like I'm going to get off the couch earlier rather than later. Right. right? Okay, so this episode, we should wrap it up soon. So why don't we each say our number one kind of favorite thing that we do to save money that maybe not everybody, not all of our listeners are currently doing. So um, I can go first. And I do think, ooh, this is kind of challenging, but probably my number one thing still that saves me the most amount of money is, and this we didn't talk about in this episode, but it goes back several episodes that we've talked about this quite a lot. I live very, very close to where I work, so I can either walk or bike to work every single day. And I know it doesn't sound like it saves you that much money because most people, when they think about driving, only think about how much gas it takes. But doing that and the fact that I've done that for, this is actually my third year now that I've walked or biked to work almost exclusively, it has saved me thousands of dollars over the last few years. Easily. Easily. Like way in that ballpark, like not exaggerating at all. Right. So So I would say that's like my number one thing that probably the standard normal person in society would never really think about doing. Like, it's this far-fetched thing to think that you could bike to work and show up. And I work in an office where I need to look very professional, but it's really not that hard. And you get used to it, and then you just, like, you know, pack a change of clothes, and you get there, and you freshen up a little bit, and nobody is the wiser that you biked there instead of driving. Yeah. Sorry, Amsterdam listeners. I know you think we're stupid, but. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're like, oh. Nobody else that we know in the United States would ever like dream of like not having a vehicle. Right. So. Yeah. In fact, now where I work, the only other person who bikes to my office is in fact from Europe. So. Yeah. I mean, I talk to, I take in, you know, for work, I take an Uber from the airport to the client sites and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of the time, and I talked to somebody the other day and he's like, yeah, I grew up in New York and, you know, I got a car when I was 16 and never in my entire life did I ever like even consider not having a car. And I was just like, you totally could have. He's like, I totally, yeah, I I lived in an area where I never really needed to drive, but like, that's the way it is. And now I'm in Florida in another area where like, I could never dream of not having a car. But he was saying he spent an hour and a half every night if he got home at the wrong time just looking for a parking spot. And I'd rather like, die. He, he just looked, looked back on himself and he was like, what a stupid thing to do. Right. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, and that happens every day. Like in Chicago, in New York, in San and Francisco. Even, and even here in Florida. Like Brett hears me rant all the time, but Florida traffic is like next level terrible. The highways. And yeah. people choose to live far away from where they work instead of living close to where they work and being able to walk or bike in right just to get like 30 miles away here it takes like well over an hour hour and a half well i mean i was recently just at a friend's house that was 12 15 miles away and it took me 45 minutes to get there (laughs) like it's Ridiculous. That wasn't even the highway. That was just all the city streets on a Sunday afternoon at like two o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Real good times. <laughs> Real good. Okay. So, Brett, I said my favorite thing was um, not driving. And so, to save money, what's kind of your favorite thing that maybe not is a societal norm that we do 
Uh, so something that's, I think, less of a norm today, but, like, I really like when you save us money by painting our house. <laughs> okay, yeah. So when Angela does the job of many others, such as a painter or a hairdresser or right. a tax accountant, you know, I do a lot of, I wear a lot of hats. Right, but we painted, I don't know, four rooms, a hallway and the kitchen and like the laundry room in our house, right? And it took you two days to do that. I was out of town for most of it. I did a lot of the taping. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take some credit he there. He was conveniently <laughs> out of town. Uh, yeah, uh, at work. That's a, that's a struggle. Um but it's stuff like, all right, so it's doing things around the house. It's, uh, you know, we built our own bench, right? We've talked about that before mm-hmm. for our kitchen. So we had like a little banquet area like around our table, like a breakfast table um, kind of a deal. Um, pretty sizable one. with did our own cushions and everything. So that was completely brand new. Never done that before. Um, doing any kind of like sewing or like patchwork. So like if you're like my jeans got a hole in them one time, like, Angela, like, sewed those back up. I am really useless, let me tell you. Um, again, she sanded the bench, too. Uh, really giving you credit for this stuff. Um, what other things do you do around the house? Uh, so, I think... So, what, so anyway, anyway, just things that you would hire out or, like, you would buy furniture for or you would buy some piece of equipment for, um, like, we dug up a trench in our backyard and buried, like, a bunch of PVC pipe to fix some drainage issues in our backyard, right? Like, mm-hmm. we could have hired some crew to come in and do that. Or, like, we could have somebody do our lawn- landscaping and instead, you know, Angela was getting me a robot lawnmower for Christmas. Uh, that's a bad example. Um, but, again, but- save, save more money for something we would have paid for. So we found a better deal, found the right choice and the right answer for far less money, and it was a solution that worked for, for everybody. Yeah, so I think what you're really getting at there is don't be afraid to learn new skills. So instead, like, if your pants get a rip in them and you're like, oh, no, throw them know, out, I right? have this Every, hole, like I'm going to have to throw them out garbage. and buy a new one or or I'm going to have to go to a tailor. Like, instead, watch a couple of YouTube videos. It's amazing what the Internet can teach you. And try it yourself because especially in that situation of, like, I'm going to either throw these pants out or spend, you know, two dollars to buy a needle and thread to see if I can like salvage them it's totally worth spending that couple bucks to like practice that skill because now I would say I've probably rescued like five different pairs of pants for you at this point (laughs) um, that otherwise would have gone to the wayside just by like sewing up the hole traveling for work is really rough on the wear Um, All right. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap this episode up. So thanks for tuning in. Um, Thanks for still being here, even after all of our weirdness the last episode. Um, We appreciate all of our listeners. If you do have any questions or if you want to add anything about maybe there's something cool that you're doing that we didn't mention that saves some money, please let us know. Like, I'd be interested to know, you know, if there's anything else out there that we could be optimizing further in our lifestyle. That'd be really interesting. So I will drop all of my contact information in and I would love to hear from any of you about that. Cool. All right. We'll switch from weird Wednesday to way normal Wednesday next week. All right. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.